The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Okay, one day away from week one, and yes. I just picked up Randall Cobb in a league. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, baby. It's 2012 all over again. All right. Hey, didn't you have like a bold prediction or something about Randall Cobb? I did. Yeah. Good. I didn't think it would be happening in week one, but no, I thought he'd have a good safe PPR floor of 10 points per week, and now he might get double that. In week one, maybe. In well, week one. We'll, well it depends on Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah, yeah. Brandon Cooks uh, did not practice with a quad injury, and we're previewing that game today. Texans at Chiefs to kick things off. We're also giving our NFL predictions, telling you what to look for in week one, and saying hello to Heath at some point. Hey, Heath! Hi, Adam. It's Ooh. so good to talk to you. It feels like it's been so long. Yes, we, uh, we talked on Twitch last night. It was a lot of fun. And my voice just cracked, and I have crazy bedhead because it is 8 in the morning. Uh, I did have an oblique moment where I woke up way too late today. Uh, so getting back into the to the schedule. Back it's the funny because days. I think like this switch transitioning to mornings is going to make some people possibly be a little bit grumpier on the pod than normal and probably make me more cheery than normal. <laughs> I love night shows, to be honest with you, but... I'm in. I mean, let's do it. Uh, all right, so we got we do have some injury news, some depth chart news, stuff like that. Leonard Fournette's role in week one. Getting really tired of talking about Leonard Fournette. Um, I'm going to ask you which players have moved the most in your rankings since training camp opened and uh, what your, you know, kind of how you're doing your week one rankings. It's different than any other week. We, we have, at, at the same time, we have an entire season to look at and we have absolutely nothing to look at when we're evaluating these teams. So uh, let's start with the news and notes, though. Brandon Cook's, Limited on Monday, did not practice on Tuesday. Obviously, the game is on Thursday. So, Heath, how should we be preparing for uh, for this scenario here with Brandon Cooks facing the Chiefs on Thursday? I mean, if you're listening to this and we don't know about Wednesday's practice yet, then or how he was put on the injury report, then you should plan to not have Brandon Cooks. Now, if he's on the field Thursday night. That's going to come down to what are your other options like? I will probably drop him today into the wide receiver four range, but I still think if you're in a league that starts three wide receivers and you need want some upside out of that third wide receiver, he still has a ton of upside. We didn't really hear much about this until the last day or two, and it's a quad issue. And so I, I, I don't know. I really, was, we really don't know, but I would prefer not to start him. It sounds like he'd been dealing with something for 
a long time in training camp, but practiced through it, was still fast, was still separating from defenders. If he were healthy, I'd like him as a top 24 receiver this week, to be honest with you. I think that this game is just ripe for Houston to throw like crazy. That's what they did in two games against the Chiefs last year, but I'll save that stat for the Wednesday night preview, along with the theme for the Wednesday night preview, Adam. Oh, we have um, a theme? <laughs> if, he's, if he's out, then our, our boy Randall Cobb, man of the episode, steps in. Or is it Kenny Stills? Like I think Kenny Stills will play his role, right? Right, but I don't know if I'm going to trust Kenny Stills in fantasy in week one, unless it's DFS. Yeah, I mean, for those of you, if you if you care, uh, I just have kind of crap matchups in week one in this 14-team PPR league, so if I started Randall Cobb, it would be over Ronald Jones Yep. Um, and Darius Slayton. And in that same game, Sammy Watkins. So th- those are the decisions I'd have to make. It's, uh, yeah. The Sammy Watkins thing is so weird because we spent like the entire off season and summer <laughs> never, ever talking about drafting Sammy Watkins and drafting McCole Hardman in round nine or 10 sometimes. And now you get to week one and you would clearly rather start Sammy Watkins than McCole Hardman. And I would probably rather start Sammy Watkins than Randall Cobb unless Brandon Cooks is ruled out. Oh, yeah. I'm not even touching Randall Cobb if Cooks is playing. But Yeah, right, right. sure. I think Hardman's a sleeper this week. Yeah, all right. We'll get to that game. Looking forward for to sure. talking about that game. Uh, Denver's Von Miller likely mm. out for the season with an ankle injury, which was apparently on the last play of practice on Tuesday. Jeez. And Bradley Chubb, according to NFL Network's Jesse Palmer, is going to be on a pitch count early in the season. So uh, they've got Tennessee in week one. And, I mean, this is obviously this is just... Terrible news. Von Miller out for the season. Um, uh, yeah, so so like, where's Ryan Tannehill in your rankings, guys, for, for week one? Nowhere close to the top 12. No. And it won't change even with Von Miller out. He can be serviceable. He's, he's useful in two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues, if you want to give him a shot. Okay. But th- th- this will be an interesting test for Tennessee because it makes the matchup easier and they should be as effective as they were last year. And if they're not, then red flags go up. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest change for me out of this, um, when we started the week, I believe Denver was a one-point favorite in this game. I think Tennessee is now a two-point favorite. And that's not all Von Miller. Some of the movement was before Miller got injured. But well, I... Clowney. Clowney signed. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Right. If, if you were worried about... Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy because you thought, you know, Denver really wants to just play good defense and run it a hundred times a game. They're probably not going to be able to do that. They're going to try. That's still going to be part of what they do. But Fancho even said during the offseason, look, I, I want to have fireworks on offense. I like passing the ball. So we'll see if he's a man of his word or if he's just trying to stick up for Drew Locke and, and the decisions that they made in the draft. But uh, starting to get the sense that it's going to be a game that Tennessee dictates. This is also the Jarrell Casey game, defensive tackle, mm-hmm. going from Tennessee to Denver for, I believe, a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah, uh, so that, that's unreal trade move. for Denver. Uh, James Conner is the bell cow. Wow, you don't hear that word thrown around too often, but that's what Mike Tomlin said. He's the bell cow. He has had more than 16 carries once in his last 15 games. And after that game, he got hurt. He had 23 carries against the Dolphins, and he missed the next two weeks with an injury. And then in his last three games of the season, Connor had just 19 carries, um, obviously playing hurt. But, yeah, that's that's encouraging. He's the bell cow. 
And if you're drafting today, if you're drafting tonight, are you taking James Conner? Are you taking Nick Chubb? Chubb. I will change my rankings today. Um, in PPR, I think I'd rather have Connor. I'm more convinced than ever that Kareem Hunt's getting a bigger share of the work in Cleveland mm-hmm. than he was last year. And like we, like I know that the 16 carries stat is completely right, but also before he got hurt last year, he was averaging 18 touches a game. Yes, he was. 18 yep. touches a game is 300 touches basically a season. He was a bell cow back in 2018, even if it wasn't like, yeah, it was 15, 14, 13 carries, but it was also four catches every game. Mm-hmm. So like James Conner has been a bell cow when he's been healthy. The Steelers have always, or at least the last five years, been a bell cow team when they had a good running back. So uh, James Conner, if you got him in the third round, bravo. Leonard Fournette said he finally has a quarterback. Is that true, Heath? What about that Minshew guy? I think that's fine. Whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, I was hopeful that, no, I'm not even going to say that. Um, that's fine. I'm okay. glad that he's excited about his new quarterback. Me too. Well, I, Yeah. 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 Uh, and he's also saying he's fine with his role. He doesn't need to get beat up every week. And Bruce Arian said that, He's going to have a solid role in week one. Honestly, like, I, I don't even want to, like, pre- none of this I, I, matters at all. Okay. So, would you start Daryl Williams? You don't or, think so? You don't think Fournette? the fact that, that Arians is already, he went from, we'll see what his role is to he'll have a solid role in week one after he signed for you. You don't think this means anything? I think he could end up being the lead running back for them in week one, potentially. Yeah, I think you don't start any Tampa Bay running backs in week one. I think maybe that, okay. it, maybe it means something for Fournette's likely to take the job sooner than we were estimating. Like week two? Yeah, week but two against Adam Carolina. was going to ask, and I will answer for me, Daryl Williams over any running back wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. I'll take Fournette over Williams. All right. J.D. McKissick is atop the Washington running back depth chart. That's uh, Okay. Yeah, whatever. So his name is first on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Uh, and as Heath pointed out to me yesterday, we talked about this on Fantasy Football Today in five. Only two rookie running backs are listed on the first team. One is Clyde edwards Lair, and the other is James Robinson. So, uh, Heath, you want to give a, a reprisal of what you said on FFT in five? Yeah, I think I can. Then Dave can just give his uh, disagreement because I don't think Dave agrees with it at all. Um, I listen. I it's you can get into a lot of trouble putting too much into week one depth charts or any depth charts. At the same time, I don't think they mean nothing. And the fact that we've got specifically DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, it's not like they're second on their team's depth chart. Uh, Swift and Dobbins are fourth. Akers is third. You should not expect any of those backs to get the first carry for their team. You should not expect any of those backs to get the type of workload that we would generally suggest starting in fantasy. So for me to start one of those rookie running backs that I don't think are going to start for their own team, they need to be in a situation where I think they might like Jonathan Taylor might just break a long run or they might run it 45 times because Jacksonville's terrible. I'd start Jonathan Taylor as a flex. Zach Moss playing the Jets, maybe a similar situation. I wouldn't be as excited to start Zach Moss, but I'd start. I don't think you can even consider starting Akers, Swift, or Dobbins in week one. All right. Now it's time for me to disagree. There's nothing for me to disagree about. I'm with you 100% on all that stuff, you know? And yeah. the fact that the stupid line, I'm going to be on the Lions case all year, Adam. 
like that the fact that they've got him fourth that might mean that he's hurt right now right and that they don't want him to play why in the world i mean they shouldn't put him out there if he's not at 100 percent. but then just say so then maybe their practice reports this week will say so but yeah. adrian peterson literally just joined their team and he's second on the depth chart behind carry on johnson yeah i mean the the deandre swift injury he'd been hurt for so much of training camp so i think yep. that's gotta be playing a role there but it's definitely wait and see and then you know, like, are you going to start? All these guys will have their chance. They'll it, all have their chance at the top. If Clyde edwards Elaire is the best, and then, I'm sorry, so you said you said Taylor is a flex. Who's the second best rookie running back this week? Is it James Robinson? I would say it's Jonathan Taylor. I don't, okay. yeah, I've got Taylor ranked ahead of Robinson. I, the, the one that's the total wild card that we haven't mentioned yet is Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. And he could be, like, he could get the most touches of all the rookie running backs. Or he could get like seven targets and two carries, and like we don't have any idea with Gibson, so I I'm I don't know idea where I have him ranked right now, but it's somewhere in the 30s, I believe. Uh, we don't have a firm idea on any of these guys, but I've got Edwards, Hilaire, Moss, Gibson, Taylor in full PPR for this week. Oh, Moss, Gibson, Taylor. Okay, so obviously Edwards, Hilaire is a start, but would you start any of the? Okay, obviously Tyree Kill and Will Fuller. Any other wide receivers in the Texans Chiefs game over your number two rookie running back this week? That's Zach Moss for Dave and Jonathan Taylor for Heath. No. Don't believe so. No? Okay. Like you um, wouldn't but start. I would start. Well, Brandon, but Brandon Cooks, if he plays, you would or not? Yeah, I'd start, I would. Yeah. And but I'd start three of the running backs. I guess backs. that's not fair for me to say. <laughs> You'd start three of the running, but but not Duke Johnson. I, I don't think so. Okay. You can't. All right. Why would you want to? Well, I mean, he had five catches in the second meeting. He caught a touchdown in the first meeting last last year. Like, and I want to if, clarify. I would start Duke Johnson over DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins in PPR. Right, but not over Jonathan Taylor. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, do you want to win some big-time cash prizes? Of course you do. We're giving away over $40,000 cash with CBS Sports Parlay Pick'em. The contest is simple. Just correctly pick five games against the spread, answer a couple of tiebreaker questions, and you could win cash every week, starting with $5,000 in week one. Plus, come back every week for your shot to win the $20,000 season-long prize. And you can even start a group with friends to up the action. Odds for the contest are provided by William Hill. So if you live in one of the 50 U.S. states and are over 18, download the CBS Sports app or visit cbsports.com slash parlay and take your shot at the cash. Data rates may apply. Limit one entry per person. And the game is sponsored by Viacom CBS. And you can find the full rules at cbsports.com slash parlay. Also, we're asking, answering your Twitter questions all season long. The hashtag is AskFFT. So use that hashtag AskFFT on Twitter. Get your starter sit questions answered. Our experts will be online throughout the week answering hashtag AskFFT questions. All right, which player uh, or players moved the most in your rankings since the start of training camp? We're, do- we're back on draft prep now, right? I mean, I'm, I don't know. Like, sure, but... But just kind of like uh, as you sit here and get ready for week one, you know who's Antonio made the Gibson biggest jumps? Yeah, Gibson. The can we talk about anyone Ronald that's not Joe. on the? Can we? Yeah, can we talk about <laughs> anyone that's not on the Reds, the the football team, the Bucks, and the Jaguars? For the love of Pete, no football team, no Bucks, no Jaguars. Just so, so tired of them. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, I'm gonna start. 
Preston Williams. Preston Williams. That's a good one. That's a real good one. He definitely moved for me too. I I do Uh, want to talk about Devin Singletary, and and I know he's moved down for a lot of people. mm -hmm. And Dave, you just said Zach Moss is your number two rookie running back this week. Yeah, and Moss moved ahead of Singletary, so both of those guys, they did the old do-si-do. Darius Slayton, Deontay Johnson. Wait, hold on. Did we... We're still on Singletary here, Dave. Uh, All right. All I forgot, Adam has a bone to pick with you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that it's really interesting because Singletary, when you sit back back and you look at it, he had a really, really, really good rookie season. Mm -hmm. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry. He had seven carries of more than 20 yards. And of all the running backs who had seven or more carries of 20 or more yards, he had the fewest carries. So he did it with the, the least amount of work. Right. So he like the only thing that's happened is the reports have been bad and apparently he's got a fumbling problem and that's no small deal. But I I am sitting here wondering like Zach Moss hasn't even played a game yet, didn't have a rookie mini camp, anything like that, didn't have a preseason game. Should we really have moved Zach Moss ahead of Devin Singletary? Yep. Because <laughs> when they drafted him, they they started talking about how he reminded them of Frank Gore and Ooh. that he would take Frank Gore's role. <laughs> nice. well, no, I mean, no, the goal I, line I know that stuff, yeah, sound is, good, but is like, legit, yeah. so, so he's in line to potentially take that goal line job that Frank yeah. Gore failed at last year. And when Frank Gore failed at it, it wasn't Devin Singletary who was taking over. It was Josh Allen who was taking over. Moss can finish that job. Okay. He's a physical type of grinding running back with some with some elusiveness to his game definitely can power through guys lots of yards after after first contact and as training camp wore on the reports were really positive about moss before they were negative about singletary and more and more the the sentiment was well you know maybe we drafted this guy to kind of have a small role but perhaps they'll split the work and now that's what I'm thinking is that like it, when, when they're playing from behind and it's the two minute drill, you'll see Singletary. I just think that he's the better pass catcher. He's better in open space than Moss is by a little bit. It, it, that just makes sense to me, assuming it's not TJ Yeldon, which why would anybody let TJ Yeldon play football at this point or want to? Um, but I think Zach Moss and Devin Singletary will end up getting an even amount of playing time. And I'll give the edge to the guy who's better suited at the goal line. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, the goal line stuff is definitely uh, worth watching. And Chris Herndon, Moss, a big also dude. Chris Herndon. Um, um, Hayden Hurst, and though. And I'm still with you, Adam. Like I've dropped Singletary down to a number three running back. I've got Moss as a number three running back, but um, I would still prefer Singletary, especially week one. Okay. Yeah, Chris Herndon. You said Hayden Hurst. I know has been um, a riser for us. Not for Heath. He's been on Hayden yeah. Hurst from the jump. But we're excited about Hayden Hurst. Um, Dave, you said Darius Slayton in what way? Good, bad, bad. Oh yeah. So good for Evan Ingram and Ingram moved up ahead of Hunter Henry about two weeks ago. Um, it was actually following that giant scrimmage and, uh, just getting the sense that it's going to be a, a spread type of distribution of targets and that Ingram might see more than the other pass catchers there. Don't mind having Slayton on my team. Let's just wait and see what happens. But the combination of Daniel Jones still holding on to the ball a little too long, Daniel Jones, arm strength, not coming around giants have a tough schedule. Sterling Shepard might be their best wide receiver after all. And Evan Ingram might be better than him. Just makes me not as excited to pencil in Slayton as a starter. Okay. All right, cool. If you want to throw out any other names, that's fine. If not, we will preview some football. Philip Lindsay moved up a little bit. Uh, all right, yeah, that makes sense. 
and you know obviously melvin gordon fell a little like at one point i think we would consider him like an early what one of the round three types of running backs now i feel like if you get him it's around four Le'Veon bell fell down quite a bit i don't know if Heath had Le'Veon fall he he could speak to that um but Le'Veon bell definitely fell what the hell <laughs> All right, guys. Let's uh, let's talk about some football here. Week one is two days away. Oh no, one day away. Today's what? Today's what? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. You knucklehead. They all blend in. Um, and listen, I I know a lot of people struggle with credit card debt. So if you're one of these people, please listen to to what we have to say about about Lightstream. Lightstream is so helpful. If you have good credit, if you need a loan, and you're dealing with debt right now, it can be really really tough. You don't need to be an expert to know that. A consolidate, uh, consolidating your credit card debt to one low fixed rate can save you money. So start doing that right now with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. That's lightstream.com slash FFT, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. You'll get an additional discount. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees, and that's exactly what they deliver. Their fixed-rate credit card consolidation loans start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. 5.95%, so the average credit card interest rate is over 19% APR. And you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. The application is online, 100% online. You can get your money as soon as the day you apply. So I know that this is something people struggle with. It's it's terrible. It's tough to get out from. Lightstream is going to make that easier for you. Again, 5.95% APR with auto pay. That's one heck of a, of a rate compared to the average of over 19%. If you want an additional discount, you go to lightstream.com slash FFT. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. Again, lightstream.com slash FFT to save even more with an additional interest rate discount. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. The Chiefs and the Texans. Na, 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 na. Yeah. All right. That's originally what that theme was for, by the way, yeah. for the Wednesday night preview. Yep. It's a... Why do we call it the Wednesday night preview? Yeah, we don't. don't it's the Thursday it's night. It's the preview. Thursday night preview. Yeah. We oh. shouldn't call it the Wednesday. You knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> like Adam, I am a knucklehead. It's early. He doesn't know what day it is. See, I like doing shows in the morning because when I make mistakes, I can just be like, it's early. Even though I make them all the time. Okay, so your stat of the game. Let's talk about David Johnson. Uh, the Chiefs' run defense got pretty good late in the season. And not just that. Teams just didn't really run the ball that much on them for obvious reasons. Uh, running backs averaged 4.1 yards per carry against the Chiefs in their last seven games. That includes the three playoff games. And only 121 running back carries in those seven games. Only one running back had more than 14 carries. That was Derrick Henry. He had 19 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. And he was the only running back with more than 60 rushing yards in Kansas City's last seven games. They will play this game without defensive tackle Mike Pinnell. He's suspended two games. They will also be without cornerback Bashad Breland. He's suspended four games. But, um, you know, it's easy to just start people in this game. Start Mahomes, start Watson, start Fuller, start Tyreek Kill, start Kelsey, uh, start Clyde Edwards-Elair. David Johnson, though, how do you feel about him? You start him. Yeah. 
All right. Give me some because context. Like, I, I'm not disputing the things that you said about the Chiefs and the running game, and, and it's true, but they also were amongst the worst in the league in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs. They actually, the, these, these two oh, teams sorry. gave up the most receiving yards per game to running backs. So Which I, makes sense because teams are generally passing against yeah. them and both David Johnson and Duke Johnson are really good as receiving backs. But we're going to find out just how involved they are. And this is the perfect litmus test for Houston to see if they've really changed, to see if they really plan on having their running backs involved in their passing game, to see if Deshaun's changed. Because this is this is a team, they barely averaged three receptions per game to their running backs coming into this year. In Deshaun's uh, yeah. career, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Not just 2019. Right. Well, you would think Brandon Cooks, if he's out, that, that could only help. Um, so, all right. So David Johnson is, what is he, like a top? He, I see he's 22 for Jamie. This is a non I moved him up to 24 in PPR. All right. So he's, he's, not, a, he's, not, an, he's not a complete must start. He's a number two running back. And he's easier to start in PPR because you'll get those extra points. He's a high-end flex and non. All right. Uh if if Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller and Will Fuller play, rank those three, Fuller, Cooks, and, and David Johnson as flex options. There you go. You just did. I'd go Fuller, Johnson, Cooks. And I have like I, I told you this last night. I've got all three of them separated by like a half a point in my projections. So like if you drafted all three of those, that's kind of weird anyway. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh all right. Fair enough. And then, so obviously you'd start him over Daryl Williams? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're not really feeling it with Duke Johnson. If by it, you mean excitement for football, then you're correct. <laughs> All right. Well, who has more catches, you think? Uh, David or Duke? I don't know. They both might get Push. Three. Push. Right. Fun story. Was recording fantasy football today in five last night with Heath, and uh, we talked about Brandon Cooks' injury. And I said, "So does this make David Johnson like a better flex option?" And he starts going off, "Well, I'm not as low on David Johnson as you are, this and that." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm low on, on me." And and then I just wait a second, Heath. We got to stop. I meant to say Duke Johnson, and we had to record that part over. So uh, was that a fun story? Well, Dave, no. was that a fun story? Not even a little. Well, I, it's. <laughs> Guys, how fun! How crazy is that? I said the wrong D Johnson. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, the FFTM five plug-in. That's all we need. Yeah, that's the see. I had, had creative ways to plug the the new show. Um, what do you want to say about Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills? Well, if you drafted Will Fuller and you know that he's healthy, get him in your lineup. Um, the Texans have averaged 47. They did average 47 passes per game, two games last year against Kansas City. Fuller should be able to exploit a Kansas City defense that really only has one solid corner to begin the year. You mentioned Breland suspended to begin the season. Shavarius Ward is their best corner. I would be surprised if he traveled. I would also be surprised if the Chiefs played even five snaps of man defense. They're going to play zone. They're going to be worried about getting beat by Fuller, and Fuller was beating them in zone last year. He should get over 100 yards at a minimum. Super weird thing about the Chiefs, since we're on this um, on the defense thing with the Chiefs, they gave up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers last year. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't expect it to continue. 
Um, I'm starting Will Fuller as a number two. Um, but I still believe that he has the upside to be the number one overall wide receiver this week. And he mm-hmm. has the downside to score five points for you. So you should be prepared for either of those outcomes. I would be stunned if he scored five points, unless he got hurt like in the second quarter. Like, then that would be totally normal for him. That happens all the time. Would you start would you start him over would you start Will Fuller over, let's say, um Stefan Diggs? I think I have him ranked ahead of Diggs, yeah. I have Diggs ranked ahead, but if if uh Cooks is out, then I would. I've got gotcha. Fuller, Juju, Thielen, Lockett, Diggs for week one. Okay. How about Melvin Gordon or Will Fuller? Fuller. Fuller. Okay. Uh, all right. And then, um, you know, we'll see about Brandon Cooks, but if he plays, you can start him. And then we prefer, if we had to pick one waiver wire wide receiver from the Texans, if Cooks is out, we go Cobb over, over Stills? I would. I just think he's safer. I'll go Cobb and PPR, Stills and none. All right. The Chiefs, maybe one reason they gave up so many points or so few points to wide receivers is they gave up so many to tight ends. And Darren Fells. Uh, actually had two good games last year, 69 yards in week six and a touchdown in the postseason. A- any any interest in a Texans tight end? No. You know, there's been talk that Jordan Akins could be a more useful part of the offense. I would keep an eye on him. I wouldn't start him, and you shouldn't have to start Fells either. Fells is like a touchdown or bust tight end. Okay. Yep. Right, but start- keep an eye on Akins. And if you're in a super deep league and you've got a roster spot to burn, you could stash him for Thursday only. But big dude, pretty athletic, getting an opportunity. Okay, cool. So the Chiefs, Mahomes and, and Hill and Kelsey are obvious here. Uh, are you sure? Clyde edwards helaire he's your first-round pick, so we don't know what his uh, his workload will be, but you're starting Clyde edwards helaire So, Heath, what are your expectations for Daryl Williams? So I have, let's, I mean, it's probably just better to talk about the Chiefs running backs as a duo. I expect, and there's been talk out of Kansas City, that it's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a split. Eric Bieniemy's talked about wanting to kind of work Clyde in slowly. I guess he's pretty nervous about his first NFL game. It's one of the things that uh, Nate Taylor wrote in The Athletic this week. Um, so I've got Clyde for 10 carries and three catches. I've got Daryl Williams with eight carries and two catches. There were three times last season where Williams had a workload like that, 10 touches or more. He averaged 16.3 PPR fantasy points. Now you referenced, he didn't have a lot of yards, but he was used in the passing game and he was used inside the five-yard line. My My expectation is if the Chiefs have rush attempts at the goal line that Darrell Williams gets those rush attempts. Now Clyde might still score a touchdown because he has the type of big playability that he could score from anywhere on the field. But I, I think that's, it's a pretty even split at least in week one. And so I would start Clyde and I wouldn't hesitate to flex Darrell Williams. And to pile on, on that, um, it wouldn't surprise me if Williams started the game. Mm-hmm. It definitely wouldn't surprise me if Williams was the two minute drill hurry up back and and potentially the third down back for Kansas City for this game. 
It also wouldn't surprise me if this were a blowout that Clyde Edwards Alaire ends up with like 20 carries and does get goal line work after Daryl Williams gets goal line work. So fourth quarter, Chiefs are up 34-14, something like that, and they're just mowing down Houston. You'd see Edwards Alaire in there instead of Daryl Williams just to give him that experience and to make him feel less nervous about playing pro football. Okay, and the Chiefs wide receivers here. It let's so again, let's say Brandon Cooks is out. I know I asked you this, but I already forgot the answer. If you take your favorite wide receiver, be it Cobb or Stills on Houston, would you start Sammy Watkins over those guys, or would you start a Texans wide receiver? Obviously not Fuller, because uh, he's, yes, a different one over Watkins. Oh, man, I'd hate to be in the situation in week one already. I will. I'll take the Texans pass catchers. I will start Sammy and non-PPR, Cobb and PPR. All right, and then the DST for the Chiefs is 10th for Dave, or 10th for Jamie, 20th for Dave, 17th for Heath. I don't know, 10th for somebody, but that's not very good. So There's you no don't way it's 10th start. for me. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 20th for you. 10th for Jamie, 17th for Heath, 20th for Dave. So, There's no uh, way you should start any DST in this game. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad idea. All right. So, na, 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 na. Nah. That's that's one game down. Wait, is the podcast baby. over? Yeah. No, that, that we open and people stop listening. Open and close the. <laughs> well, good. Then we can just mess around the rest of the show. Adam, you had another mediocre show. Heath, you were fantastic as yeah. usual. Um, now, can I tell you the truth about Seattle hot dogs? I was just being nice to Ben about it on the last show. Oh, oh, oh I have a story to tell you about Adam, Dave. Well, uh, what something I that he said well, during the, the Twitch last night. Apparently over. Go ahead, please. Go what ahead. Uh oh. What did I say? I don't think I can tell it on air. Oh, please. I please. said it during Twitch. I can't imagine you wouldn't be able to say it on air. Yeah. I, I mean, Shraggy can uh, can clarify. What was it about? Yeah, it was current events. You know, I'm usually pretty bad with pop culture, but this one was one that I definitely caught on to. And yeah, we shouldn't really talk about it, but tune into Twitch <laughs> Thursday night with Dave. Maybe you'll get another funny moment. I have no idea. Did I say something and not realize that I said it? Yeah. Oh. You made you made some sort of commentary on a social or political or non-fantasy football issue. I did. No, I just said uh, a reference to something. We that... should pro- this is probably enough of that. Okay. okay all right. Okay. All right. Wow. Oh my gosh. I hate this. Like I at the end of the show, he's going to tell oh, me I what I wait. said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am so embarrassed right now. I hate this. <laughs> I am not good at situations like this. I am like, like I said, super morning podcasts are the best. <laughs> this sucks. All right, so I don't know how much uh, you guys Thank have God the podcast isn't over. Dug into personnel in week 1 and all that, but uh you know, any defenses is I'm I'm sort of like re-educating myself on the on the off-season transactions for defenses and things like that. Um, I didn't know if anything had stood out to you. Heath, I also want you to talk about what goes into your week one rankings because it's different than what goes into Dave. So yeah, Dave, I want you to talk about that too. But I guess let's let's just take a look at like how did we approach rankings for week one? Uh, Heath, you can have the first word and oh God, I have a pit in my stomach right now. It's like most of them um, reflect pretty similarly to my season long rankings. Like the only adjustments I make for defense in week one, come from the Vegas lines. And if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know that like my starting point for touchdowns for teams is their implied total for Vegas. So a way to figure that is look at the over under divide it in half. And if a team is favored by four and a half, the favorite gets a bonus, a boost of two and a quarter, the underdog, you take two and a quarter off half the over under 
That's their implied total. That's the only way I'm factoring in defense in week one. It's not that I don't think that anything else matters. I'm sure it does. It's that I have a very low confidence in what's going to carry over. And this will be the case for week two as well. I'm not going to adjust based on one week of what happens. So it'll be week three before I start changing like yards per attempt or yards per carry or yards per reception, any efficiency stuff for offensive players based on their matchup. Unless you see some evidence in the games where a player is just getting usage that you weren't expecting. No, no usage. Totally. I'm I'm open to changing that. Like I changed a lot of the rookie stuff because it's week one Mm -hmm. I'm talking and and touchdowns are influenced by the Vegas over under, which is influenced by the defense. So that's being impacted. I'm talking solely about a player's yard yards per carry in season. When a running back is facing the Ravens, I'm likely after a couple of weeks, going to dock them. If they're a guy that averages four and a half yards per carry, might be only 3.9 against the Ravens. Okay. Week one, I'm not making those types of adjustments. So if the Lions do something wacky and give Adrian Peterson 18 carries against the Bears and he does well with them and he doesn't look like a 35-year-old on his fourth team in three years, you would go about, you wouldn't change it at all going into week two. I would absolutely change it, yes, because that's usage. I wouldn't change efficiency. But it's not, no, but it's efficiency too. Like if he if he has a good rushing average on top of the 18 carries. Yeah, I, I'm not being clear in what I'm trying to say. I, I'm or not maybe adjusting. I'm not getting it. I'm not adjusting offensive efficiency because of the opponent they're facing. I gotcha. I'm not factoring in the fact that somebody's playing the Ravens and probably isn't going to be as efficient as they normally would be, at least not in week one. I am lowering their touchdown expectations, but not their efficiency. What do you think about the impact of of COVID-19 on visiting teams? So this is the first time these guys are going to leave their bubble, so to speak. They're going to get on a plane. They're going to land. They're going to get on a bus. They're going to stay at a hotel. This is not going to be the same type of experience that football players normally have when they are visiting another team. Do you think that that could throw off a team? Do you think that that's something that could come into play? I, I, I think I'm giving a little bit of an edge to, to home teams and that's just part of like the COVID thing that I'm going to discuss, but, but we'll start with that. On the other side of that, isn't it possible that far fewer visiting players are going out to clubs the night before games? Uh, yeah. I would hope so. Or dressing up girls as football players and, <laughs> and well, sneaking that, them into the hotel room <laughs> is neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I like, and there's not going to be home fans at a lot of these stadiums. So that I think might help road quarterbacks. So I, I don't, I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I have no idea. And so I'm just not factoring it in. Okay. Part two of the, of the COVID effect. You know that these teams didn't have a normal training camp. You know that the defenses didn't have a lot of live tackling drills. Do you think that offenses will lean on their run game a little bit more? All offenses across the board. I would expect so. I would too. I I think that that's how, like, for example, New England, I would anticipate that's how they're going to try and attack Miami. I would, uh, I would, uh, you know, obvious statement that it would be what Tennessee does, but even Jacksonville, Home Wait, team. Why are they going to lean on their run game more? Uh, who? Tennessee? Teams. Oh, be, I think they can because they want to test the defenses to see how well they're, they're their, tackling their and whatnot. Are on defense, they're tackling their fundamentals, their angles, all the little things, all the little nuances that go into playing defense. 
because if this wasn't a normal training camp and the teams know it, especially the teams that have good continuity. I just don't know why the, that would affect the run defense more than the pass defense. If you're, unless you're just saying like it would they haven't had both, any live, they haven't had any live tackling against. Right. Like, and now here's, here's Derek Henry coming right. at a Denver Broncos defense without Von Miller. Yeah. They could be really, really troublesome for them. But I was going to say even Jacksonville, even without Leonard Fournette and even with a bad offensive line, I wonder if they're going to try pounding the rock against Indianapolis and really testing that defense. I don't think we can just assume, A, I don't think we can assume that any defense is going to be completely ready and on their game. B, I don't think we can assume that just because the defense is bad in weeks one and two, that they're going to stay that bad against the run, particularly for the majority of the season after. Dave, so how did you go about making your week one rankings? What went into it? I got out the dartboard <laughs> and my darts and my blindfold. Um, I, I definitely start, I, I kind of go through this weird projection process myself where I assign estimated fantasy point values and receptions to every player. And I definitely gave boost to every running back who I thought had a chance at 15 plus carries and was in an offense that they were familiar in. So I, you might see that reflected in my rankings a little bit more than you would in a normal week. Um, but I did find myself, any quarterback that was going to play from behind, I did end up giving them some decent yardage too. I think the offenses could be ahead of the defenses by the time we get to get, or get into week one. It wouldn't be surprising if we saw a lot of high-scoring games except Bill's Jets. All right, well, I'll just tell you a few things that stood out to me. Is So far, I've gone through eight games and looked at some personnel and some trends and stuff like that. The Raiders allowed six 100-yard wide receivers in their first eight games and only one in their last eight games. We'll just have to see if that carries over. I, when I find these things, I'm not really looking at like, oh, this is going to influence my start-sit decisions in week one. I want to see if the trends continue early on in the season. The Seahawks secondary may be much, much better. Uh, their their beat reporter, I think, Shil Kapadia for The Athletic, was writing about their defense and predicting it's going to be their best since 2016 and noting that you know since last season, they've acquired Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams, and Quinton Dunbar to boost their secondary. So they still don't have a good pass rush, most likely, but their secondary for the Seahawks could be much better. Carolina's run defense was a joke last year. It was, you know, uh, with Jacksonville, it was probably the worst in the NFL. Well, it should be a lot better. They drafted Derek Brown. He'll start, but they also get Kawan Short back. He played only two games last year. So, of course, Josh Jacobs is a must-start in week one, but it may not be the layup that we expect, but but it might. But I'm just interested to see if it gets uh, if that run defense gets better. I think Jacksonville's defense is pathetic. I think that team is honestly challenging 0-16. Um, the Bengals and the Dolphins are two teams that obviously were great fantasy matchups last year. You should go into this year thinking they are great fantasy matchups, but they both, those two teams mm -hmm. added a lot, and the Dolphins facing the Patriots. In week one, they added two Patriots linebackers, Kyle Van Noy and, and Landon Roberts, uh, and obviously their head coach was former, I think, linebackers coach for the Patriots. They also have Byron Jones, so now they have maybe with Jones and, and Xavier Howard, one of the best cornerback tandems in the NFL. So when I'm looking at week one, I, you know, I'm not saying the Patriots have a tough matchup, uh, but it's not as easy as it was last year. And I really, one of the things I really want to see in week one, and we can just talk about this real quick, and then we'll do our NFL predictions and some buy or sell. I want to see if Cam Newton's running. If Cam Newton is not running, I'm going to be very nervous. I'm not saying, you know, Lamar Jackson ran for six yards in week one, so it's only week one. <laughs> but that's one of the things I'll be watching. That was against the Dolphins, too. Was against the Dolphins. When you throw five touchdowns or whatever, I guess you don't need to run. 
How um, much fun would it be if Cam had a Lamar Jackson like Week One? <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. It would be surprising. By the way, the 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 Patriots, I think, have lost three of their last four games in Foxborough, including that postseason game. I think they lost to the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Titans. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 really interested in that matchup, even though probably nobody else is. Uh, anything that you guys are very interested to see in Week One? That Patriots Dolphins game stands out to me as one that's interesting because that <laughs> Dolphins defense is much improved. I just so. said all that. I know. I, I'm just agreeing with you. Oh, okay, I'm just cool. Kind of, well, thanks. I'm, I'm piggybacking. Um, Chargers Bengals is interesting to me. Both sides of the ball. We've got new quarterbacks for those teams. Is Joe Burrow going to stand tall behind his not so great offensive line against that pass rush for LA? Is Terod Taylor? What if Terod Taylor pulls a Lamar Jackson and he ends up being great? That would surprise me. Um, but the Bengals defense, they they tried adding pieces and one of their biggest pieces, Trey Waynes, is out for the year with a torn pack. That's going to hurt their secondary. Um, I'm real interested to see how that Chargers offense plays. They're, they should look quite different than they did last year with Terod under center. Uh, mostly running back splits. I'm yeah. very interested in seeing like, especially, especially Cleveland, like are Chubb and Hunt like they were last year in the last eight games, or is it more of a 50, 50 split? Um, does Arizona's offense look any different Is Deandre Hopkins dominating targets like he did in Houston, or is it still a spread type concept? Um, it could be both of those things, by the way, the spread, the offense could be a spread concept and, they just continue to hammer Hopkins. Yeah, Kyler Murray is definitely going to be the the one player I'm <laughs> hoping for. You know, even if he doesn't have a great game, I just want to see the signs that 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 offense is taking the next step. And uh, I also want to see if the Falcons' offensive line, which drafted two rookies in 2019, dealt with some injuries. There's reason to believe that this is an offensive line that could take a big step forward, and that would really be huge for Gurley because he did not run behind a good offensive line last Basically, year. Everything about the Rams Cowboys game is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Even the kickers. Greg Zerlin <laughs> well, is the kicker for the okay. Cowboys now. Not no, that is everything. super interesting, Heath. Don't put it down. All right, let's do some NFL standings predictions. Then we'll finish with buy or sell on your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Wants to go first. What are we, what are we doing? doing? Picking the NFL standings. <laughs> Give me the division for, winners. Like, is one person doing every division? Uh, what, should we do? Should we start with the? All right, Dave. Why don't you give me the AFC East? Who's going to win it? Buffalo will win the AFC East. Heath. I really was tempted to say Miami, Heath. but I'm going to go with Buffalo. Uh, we don't. Um, we don't have a ton of time, so just let's just go through the it. team with the best quarterback and the best coach, the Patriots. All right, I'll take in the Bills as well. <laughs> NFC North. NFC North. God, they all kind of stink. Packers. I think the Packers. Oh, the AFC North. AFC North. Derp. Ravens. Steelers. I'm also going Steelers. I got wacky with my predictions, just for fun. Uh, Steelers are wacky? I think the Ravens were the number one seed. They were, what, 13-3 and three last year, right? That doesn't mean that the Steelers... There's a reason. The Steelers lost a bunch of players, including their quarterback last wait, year. Wait, wait. The, the, the Ravens weren't 13-3 and three because the Steelers lost a bunch of players. No, but they were, they were helped in the their race for the division because the Steelers lost Roethlisberger and Connor and everybody else. It's not that wacky. Um, no. 14 and two. Wacky by the way. They, were four, the they were 14 and two. Um, okay. Who's winning the South AFC South Colts. Titans Colts Titans Colts. <laughs> who's winning the West 
Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Okay, I couldn't get wacky there. Wild cards. Miami. There's three wild cards this year, right? Oh, is there? Excellent. Yeah. Yes, yep. there are. That is fantastic. That. Yeah. Oh. Um, Baltimore will be a wild card. The Chargers will be a wild card. The Dolphins will be a wild card. Chargers, Steelers, Texans. Okay, I was like, really don't want to put the Patriots in the playoffs. So I, I like that was easier with six teams. Now I have to pick a seventh. I'm still keeping the Patriots out of the playoffs. Ravens, Raiders, Texans. See, this is where you can get a little crazy. Do you, the Raiders? They just have to go two and four in their first six games and not one and five because they got Carolina, Saints, Patriots, Bills, Chiefs, Bucks. If they're not completely buried at that point, then like I think they could make the playoffs. Are we still doing the thing where it's hard to go from the West Coast to the East Coast? Well, they're not on the West Coast anymore. Oh, okay. Well, they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've shaved like 40 minutes off of their flight. It's huge. Each way. It's huge. All right. Uh, NFC East. Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, me too. Uh, NFC North. Packers. This division. Packers. Oh, I hate this division. Yeah, I play with the Packers too. NFC South. Saints. Saints. Yep, Saints. NFC West. Arizona. Nope, Seattle. Me too. San Francisco. I took Seattle. All right, three wild card teams. I wanted to keep this I wanted to keep San Francisco out of the playoffs, but I didn't. Arizona, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. Um Green not, Bay. Not in that order. You already picked Green Bay to win the division. Minnesota. Uh-huh. <laughs> Atlanta. Oh, wow. And the Rams. Okay, I went Tampa Bay, Rams, Niners. Time for some buy or sell. By no the way, Super here... Super Bowl prediction? What's that? Oh, so, yeah, no sure. Super. Super Bowl prediction. Go for it. Saints over Steelers. Sorry, Heath. Oh, yeah, you don't have to apologize to me. Um, make all the bad picks you want. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Chiefs over... Um, let's go Chiefs over Cowboys. I'll go Chiefs over Chiefs over Saints. Finally going to be their year. Chiefs Saints Saints over Chiefs. (laughs) Saints over Chiefs. Okay, there we go. go. All right, all right. Buy or sell from Caleb Ivy. Both James White and Tariq Cohen will outscore Nick Chubb in PPR in Week One or half PPR. Buy. I don't buy it, but I like it. Wait, do you have it ranked that way, Dave? I think I have Cohen over Chubb. I don't think I have James White over Chubb, but I could buy it happening. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to have to. St- like, I'm happy I don't have Nick Chubb in week one. But and if know, David Montgomery plays, then that'll change. Only week one. Uh, Elo Samayat from the Patriots are tanking, but are making it look like they aren't with the Cam Newton signing. <laughs> So yeah, I saw so. that. I think they want to win. From Joe Arancio, Zach Moss will finish at least 10 spots higher in the running back rankings than Devin Singletary. Sell. So. Sell. So. From Matt, Darren Waller finishes with more receptions than any Raiders wide receiver. Bye. Bye. Yeah. JP Faulkner, Scotty Miller will be 79% owned by the end of the season. Sell. So. Oddly specific. <laughs> um, I'll sell. 
Wes Marsh, Titans DST becomes top five with Clowney. Yeah, I think that could happen. I'll buy it, especially for week one. From Jack, Raiders will be a top 12 DST this year. So, yeah, I, I will sell it, but I could kind of see it. Kind of. Yeah, like that's what I was, I picked them to make the playoffs. I don't really know why, but I just don't <laughs> think their defense is good enough. Because you're being crazy. It's Adam's crazy NFL picks. I guess so, but I just don't. Like brought to you by crazy glue. <laughs> Adam accidentally gets it sucked to his fingers all the time. <laughs> and sniffs it. Okay, from Devin Simmons. <laughs> Buy or sell. Jarek McKinnon is the second most targeted 49er in week one behind Kittle. And finishes week one as a top 24 running back in all formats. Jarek McKinnon. Sell and sell. Buy and sell. Esgardo Sainz. Daniel Jones finishes top 10. Sell. Sell. Andrew Lee. Alan Lazard is the clear-cut wide receiver two in Green Bay. Bye. Sell. From Danger. Oh, you said sell? Who's, yeah. Who is it? MVS? Well, I think MVS has a chance to muddy it up and not make it so clear-cut. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, from I, uh, Danger. I did a draft yesterday uh, with Renee Minemeyer, actually, and uh, the two of us picked Alan Lazard and MVS. Little friendship strategy. <laughs> hoping that we've got the number two pass catcher in Green Bay on our squad. Good luck. Darrington Evans will be the top waiver pickup of the year. I mean, sell. I, I'm going to sell it just because I don't want to speak it into existence. <laughs> From Ryan Pendergrass, Kerryon Johnson is not only the highest scoring running sell. back for the, Li- for the Lions, but he finishes in the top 15 running back. Bye for week one. Ah. Uh. All right, Bob in California. The Browns will have two top 20 running backs. Bye. You can see it happening. I, I do have it ranked that way. Wow. And from Jord, Hayden Hurst end, ends the season as a top five tight end. Bye. So. Okay. From emails now, from Mitch. What percent of your fab are you spending on James Robinson? 11. I'd go even lower. Seven. From Kyle in upstate New York, would you add James Robinson or Daryl Williams and drop Daryl Henderson? I I would add Robinson ahead of Williams, and I would drop Henderson. And if I didn't like what I saw from the running back I picked up, I would go get Henderson again. I think I'd rather have man. It's a good point, Dave. It's there. It's it seems seems unlikely that Daryl Henderson, if he plays, is going to have a big week one, and there's going to be a huge rush to get him. And and I. I think he's got the most potential of the three. So if you're really in a spot where you love your running backs and you don't want to try catching lightning in a bottle, then just hang on to Henderson. I'm going to say Daryl Williams um, just because it's an Island game. And if he like scores a couple touchdowns or if Clyde fumbles once, I I'd rather have Williams. All right. This is from Chad from a mountain city in South Carolina. Uh I only know like three cities in South Carolina. Ooh. We'll go with Greenville. I got married in South Carolina. It wasn't in a mountain city, but it wasn't a very small town. Name? Aiken. Okay. That must be it. Aiken, North, Aiken, South Carolina. Half PPR, I need two. McLaurin, Metcalf, Fuller, John Brown. Metcalf and Fuller. I think I agree with that, actually. Oh. I'm a little worried about McLaurin this week. I'm, I'm going to have him as a sit. 
Oh, yeah. The Eagles put Darius Slay on him. I still him. have Slay to look nice up. Job against him last year. Yeah, I still have to look up Slay. Oh, he did. Okay. I didn't yeah. look up any of Slay last year. Yeah, he did, he did an okay job. I, I think possibly... He, um, he held him to a 30% catch rate. I would say that's better than an okay I, job. Yeah, I think McLaurin beat him numerous times, but that was during the really bad Dwayne Haskins portion, portion of the season. But regardless. Luke from Toronto... Half PPR, Sterling Shepard, Jordan Howard, Zach Moss. Moss. Shepard. And from Ryan, who should I start in my 14-team non-PPR league this Sunday? I have a couple running back injuries, so I'm thinking it's either J.K. J.K. Dobbins or Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown? Brown's probably safer, but the matchup for Dobbins is better. I think Brown's more likely to score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that gives him more upside. I But I would see if Darrell Williams is available on the waiver wire. I'd rather start him than either of them. More carries for Brown. Mm. All right, that's it for today's show. We previewed a game. It's football we time. We did it. We did. And now Adam's going to find out. I, d- I honestly have had a pit in my stomach for a half hour now. What went out over Twitch for people to hear? <laughs> the best see. part is it's not like even. I hope it's not that bad. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. If Schrager knew it, like, that's the thing. Schrager realized it and I didn't. That's bad. No offense. It was more funny than bad. So, yeah. It'll be good to find out. All right. All right. Cool. Hey, thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're going to talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC home games, Friday the NFC home games, Saturday a mailbag. Get your questions in via Apple Podcast Review. Um, Also, if you're sending emails right now, just know I've got like 50 of them in my inbox right now. I'm not going to respond to all of them, but I'll try to take some time at some point to respond to as many as I can. Uh, I'll do my best. For Dave and Heath and Shraggy B, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.